Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Welcome to the Hollywood Laser Peel, a breakthrough to restoring glowing, brighter skin. In this episode, I'm joined again by Dr. Devin Lim, board-certified dermatologist. And any treatment that has Hollywood in the name gets my attention. We know being camera-ready and ageless is a hallmark of celebrity skin, but there is a lot out there for consumers to navigate. We need expert advice on which product, which treatment, which device is right for me. Dr. Devin Lim is an Australian board-certified laser, procedural, and aesthetic dermatologist and a member of the American Academy of Aesthetic Medicine. Dr. Lim's training and work have taken him all over the globe, and he is renowned for delivering clear, bright skin to his patients. We've talked before on the show about acne and scarring, but in this episode, we talk about the number one skin concern in Australia, skin discoloration, and specifically pigmentation and melasma. For over a decade, Dr. Lim has relied on one laser to effectively and safely treat the skin condition, delivering over 10,000 treatments with this one device. The Lutronic Hollywood Spectra Laser is recognized as the gold standard technology and delivers painless, safe, and impressive results for all skin types with zero downtime. In this episode, we discuss laser technology for skin rejuvenation, the difference between laser devices, and the best way to prevent, treat, and stop recurring skin discoloration. Welcome back, Dr. Devin Lim. Dr. Devin, I'm so excited to have you back on the show. You are my go-to dermatologist on all things skin. And um the subject that we're talking about today is something that you are renowned for, which is glowing, bright, uh, even toned skin. We've talked a lot about acne before, but today the one that we're going to really discuss is probably the number one skin concern for Australian men and women, which is pigmentation and also melasma, which we're going to differentiate in this episode. Um, the thing that I've heard so much about, and I'm excited for you to kind of share with mm -hmm. me, because this mm -hmm. is a treatment I haven't tried, is the Hollywood laser peel. I, you know, I'd love to learn more about it, but let's start at the beginning. What is pigmentation? Pigmentation, I think it's very important to understand pigment. Um, and when we look at Australia, we live in a very multicultural society. So we look at the changes over the past two, three decades. And literally, there's we covered all skin types, from skin type one, uh, fair skin, European skin, all the way up to skin type uh, six, which are basically darker skin types and everything in between. So I think it's very important for, um, for us to know anyone who's in the skincare industry, whether it be dermatologists or, or even aestheticians or, or uh, cosmetic physicians, to understand what pigment is. Because skin of color, uh, we're very prone towards um, pigmentation. So I think it's very important to, uh, to understand it. Now, pigment um, can be divided, I guess, into... Uh, something like genetic and can be acquired. So melasma is a very special form of pigmentation. Melasma is thought to be genetic, but there's a hormonal drive with it as well. And obviously with all forms of pigmentation, whether it be genetic or acquired, UV makes it worse. So 
sunlight, but also it's a little bit tricky because the visible light and also the um, invisible light, infrared. I know, uh, I've heard that, that that is also one of the demons that we need to be careful of, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it's funny because today I was just um, talking to, to Michelle Wong, who's, you know, lab muffin. She's very, very knowledgeable with sunscreens. And we know as dermatologists that in order to protect um, the skin from a visible light, there's no sunscreen standards as yet um, to, to protect that. So, you know, we need something called uh, iron oxide and, and that helps with uh, protection uh, of the visible light, uh, but still we've got infrared to deal with. So just to summarize, melasma is super common. It's very hard to treat, um, but as you will find shortly, um, the laser, as in the Hollywood laser or the Hollywood spectra, is probably the go-to laser. Uh, it's got the most amount of trials for it, and it's got the most efficacious rate of, of treating uh, melasma. Now, so, I have a question for you. So anything with Hollywood in the name of it, as I said in my intro, immediately piques my attention because we know that a lot of things originate in, you know, celebrity land. Um, anyone who, you know, whose face is their business obviously wants to put their best face forward. But the other one that I've heard about, and there's a lot of chat online about, is the carbon facial, which is hugely popular in Asia. What is the carbon facial and um, how does it differ? Or is it the same as the Hollywood laser peel that we're going to be talking about today? It's very similar. Basically, what we use is, is a target. So the target, the jargon word for it is chromophore. In other words, something to hit. Now, the basis behind uh, the carbon facial or the Hollywood facial is a coat of carbon on the skin. Now, the carbon can lay on the skin, but it can also be absorbed in pores, right? So including pores and also oil glands, so sebaceous glands. So that gives the target something to hit. And when that actually hits the uh, when the target hits its mark, it causes a reaction. And the reaction is um, what we call it like sub-damage uh, sub heating. So th there's a big word for it, subcellular selective phytothermolysis, but how I try to actually describe it is that it, it causes a reaction that doesn't harm the cells, but quietens the pigment cells. And that is basically the basis behind the uh, Hollywood spectra, uh, and that's the Hollywood peel or carbon facial as well. So, so that, that, I mean, this is considered like the gold standard, isn't it, for even, smooth, bright skin. In your opinion, is that correct? Because that's, I mean, that's what I've read. Yep. I, I think it's a do-with-all treatment because, like I said, it can treat everything from enlarged pores, um, oily skin, uh, acne-form skin, but also helps with fine lines and wrinkles as well and pigmentation. So it's like a multifaceted treatment um, which addresses all those concerns. And is it available in Australia? Yes, it's available in Australia. We do a lot of it. So th there's a sidestep for that, and that's called dermal toning. So that is what we use to treat melasma. So we use the same equipment, which is the Hollywood spectra, but instead of putting carbon on there, we uh, treat it de novo. In other words, nothing on, on that. But the carbon, when you want to upstep the treatment, um, you basically add the, the carbon facial. The downside of the carbon facial, there's upsides and downsides. The upside is obviously you treat more concerns um, uh, in, in that application, including, like I said, acne. The downside is that the carbon needs to be applied for at least 15 minutes, preferably even half an hour to 60 minutes, um, and then the skin treated. 
Right. But with the Hollywood laser peel, the Lutronic one that we're talking about, you are doing it on nude skin. You're doing it on nude skin, yep. Yes. And so who is it good for? Um, I know you touched on, you said some of the things that it does, but Mm -hmm. let's go back to it. Who is it good for um, and what does it treat specifically, the Lutronic Hollywood laser peel? So who is it good for? What application? So everyone from light skin type to skin type 1, all the way up to skin type five, right? So basically darker skin types. So when you look at the ethnicities, um, the Europeans, the Asians, Southeast Asians, Mediterraneans, it's safe, but it's also very good for treating concerns in uh, that geographical uh, demographics. So really dark skin also suffer from melasma and pigmentation. Um, is, is the laser safe for them? Because it's so, you know, as a consumer, even though, you know, I guess I'm in the industry and I get to speak to a lot of experts, even I'm confused as to what laser is safe for me, which one should I use? And, you know, it's, it's a very rare occasion that I would go into my uh, cosmetic physician and say, please treat me with this laser. So I'm hoping to educate my audience that they do have the confidence and say to their cosmetic physician, please treat me with this laser because I know it's safe for my skin. And I've, you know, I've researched it and I've heard about it. And I know that for my skin type, it's going to work. Yep. So look, without getting too technical, the reason why it's a really good laser is because it's got a short pulse duration. So we talk about short pulse duration, we're talking about you know, literally nanoseconds worth of um, uh, time. Um, and what it does is it produces a lot of energy in a very short time, right? It's not as short as a picosecond. That, that's why we call it nanosecond laser. That's what I was going to ask you. Without, you know, a full science lesson, um, how is it different from the picosecond? Because that that's something, a term that perhaps we've heard more. Yes. So picosecond laser, it's it's a very different, um, it's a very different animal, yeah, with the pico. The, the pico, I find it very useful for literally smashing pigment, right? So we can we can use think of uh, pico as a sledgehammer, right? And you can shatter pigment, but shatter it in a way that's very exact. So the application for picos are things like birthmarks, and you're looking at really tricky pigment. And the downside about the pico, a couple of things. Number one, it bloody well hurts, so you need you need numbing. And number two, when you when you use it even on label um, settings, you have a recovery with that. Not so with the spectra. So it follows it, fo- it follows a very different algorithm. The patients who do really well with the spectra are those who want good skin rejuvenation with zero downtime and almost zero risk. That, that's the thing that I was going to ask you. I've had laser before. I've had different types of laser before, and definitely there's a spectrum of downtime. So when you say zero downtime, I mean, you use it in your clinical practice, and you know I want to get back to you know how you use it in your clinical practice, but you've treated, I assume, hundreds if not thousands of patients yeah, over probably the that, Probably close to 10,000, yeah. 10,000, yeah, wow. Yeah, okay. Literally, I think um, when I look back you know, in, in the last 12, 15 years, well, well over 10,000. With so, the Lutronic Hollywood laser. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So right. we've had this technology for a very long time, but obviously the lasers upgrade as, as time goes by. So this is, I think this is my second or third reiteration of, of, of the laser. And so as, no downtime, like really? Zero, zero downtime. Wow, right? so, well, that is amazing. And But how many treatment sessions would you typically have if you're treating, you know, uh, an overall skin discoloration or rejuvenation program? And how many would you need if you are treating more stubborn melasma? 
Yep. So anywhere between five or 10, that's the guidelines. So when you look at this particular laser, it's got by far the most amount of data behind it uh, when it comes to melasma. So you know, when you look out there for even lasers, which cost upwards of three, 400,000, yeah, this is still the better laser in the context of melasma. It is. It does what it does because of the unique properties. So it's not, like I said, it does not smash your, your pigment. But what it does is that it gradually decreases the pigment output from your melanocytes or pigment cells. Very, very different compared to Pico. So you were talking before about short bandwidth and high bandwidth. Tell me a bit more about that science of it, because my listeners do actually love the science of it. And you you are so good at breaking it down for the layperson. And I'm curious to learn. I want to learn this once and for all. Okay. Okay. So basically, the the, uh, the shorter the pulse duration, right? So we've got something called picosecond lasers. They're measured in picoseconds. So most of them are around seven hundred picoseconds. Whilst the spectral laser, you're looking at five uh, nanoseconds. So it's got a longer. So basically, you're delivering energy over a longer period of time. So it's not all about the energy because remember, like I said, the way the lasers work are totally different. One blows up pigment that has minimal heat. So that's the uh, photoacoustic uh, uh, picosecond laser. And this one with the spectra, it, it has the ability to put in a lot of energy in a short period of time. But in the context of low downtime uh, treatments, for example, the uh, spectra Hollywood, or when you're looking at dermal toning, it works totally different. What you want in that quant or quality for that laser is a steady state of energy delivery. So you right. don't want the power or fluence to fluctuate more than literally more than 5%. So that is where this laser comes in uh, handy because the, the, the delivery of this compared to other Q switches, very, very different. It's very precise in, in its way of delivering the energy and then it can deliver it consistently. So can you talk me through what a treatment would look like, would feel like? Um, I'd love okay. to know what, what it would be like. Yeah, so I guess one of the most common uh, conditions we always say in dermatology is PPP pimples, pores, pigmentation, top three. Yeah, so yes, I've P. had them all. I've had them all. I can't believe it. You know, I'm 48 and I still, like, you know, you think you're done with one thing and another thing is coming, but now it seems to be the confluence of everything. You've got yes. the pimples, you've got the melasma, you've got the pigmentations, you've got the wrinkles, you've got the dehydration. So, yeah, I get, I get the PPP. Bring it up. Yeah. So with the PPP, uh, basically, you put on the uh, the supplied carbon um, liquid, yeah, and that that it's kind of spectacular because your whole face looks black um, <laughs> because of the carbon. And like I said, we try to actually leave it on anywhere between half an hour to sixty minutes. The longer you leave it on, the better absorbed in the pilosebaceous glands. In other words, your oil glands. When you have carbon sitting in your oil glands, it acts as a target to hit. So the laser indirectly targets the oil glands by hitting the carbon, which is absorbed within your sebaceous glands. So am I correct in assuming that what you're saying is, but because you're, uh, you know, infusing the carbon into the pores, yes. that this is probably one of the only treatments that can legitimately say it reduces the pores? Yep. So it's my go-to for pore sizing reduction. Wow. Um, it does so in a couple of ways. Number one, because you've got pigment concentrated in the pores and the laser energy is hitting that pigment, the pigment gets, that energy gets transferred to your, um, to your sebum or, or, or sebacytes, which, yep. is your, which are your cells uh, within the walls of the, uh, of the pore itself, right? 
so your sebaceous glands. When that happens, it really stuns the growth of the um, of the sebacites. Right. So that's the first thing. The second thing it does is um, because it penetrates to the deeper parts of the skin, um, the 1064. In other words, the longer the wavelength, the deeper it goes. So that stimulates collagen production. So suddenly you've got collagen that's supporting the pore, and then you've got a decreased output from the pore itself. And that's why, you know, if you use it correctly, the pore minimizing effects of this laser is unparalleled. That's amazing because that is one of those holy grails of treatments. A lot of people say oh, you can't really do anything with it cosmetically or topically. Um, so it's great to know that um, the Lutronic Hollywood laser actually addresses that. Can I ask you? Um, so is it a so the say sixty minutes or ninety minutes for the carbon? Um, and then do you need any numbing cream or do you just no. go straight into the laser treatment? You go straight into the laser treatment. It's that very, lasts very about what, 15, 10 minutes? About 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So we fire about anywhere between 2,500 or up to 5,000 shots, but it's very, very fast laser. So literally um, one shot in one second, you probably can do upwards of, of um, 10 shots. So it's a very quick treatment. Um, and it's also very painless. It sounds spectacular. It sounds because when the, when the laser hits the pigment, it's like a loud snap. So it can be alarming for patients for the first 10, 20 seconds because they think, oh, my God, what's this loud, loud noise? Um, I love the snack crackle pop. I love yeah. anything that feels like science is happening <laughs> on my face. Like, give me, give me something. <laughs> so so that, that's what the, that's what it, so literally it takes 10, 15 minutes. Uh, when I mean no downtime, there's no downtime. You come in basically makeup off uh, carbon on and the great thing with this treatment is because the carbon is the chromophore when the laser hits the black carbon it disappears so what about when you were saying that sometimes you don't use the carbon so tell me about that treatment is it so different to the one that we're talking about yeah so that treatment is usually a melasma protocol so that's called the dermal toning uh, protocol so So same device but a different protocol Different protocols. So with that, generally speaking, we use a lower power. So we use what we call lower fluence. Um, our spot size differs. Some people like using six mil, some people like using eight mil. The difference with melasma is this, you can't overcook melasma. If you overcook melasma, you're done. Well, so, that's happened to me before. I've had a laser treatment before that, you know, overcooked melasma. Overcooked, yeah. And, and honestly, it, I, I paid the price for a decade. Yeah, yeah. So we see that a lot. So there are, you know, there are lasers out there and there are lasers out there. So with melasma, remember, you've, you've got to have a gentle treatment. It's a very, very different um, kettle of fish you, you're, you're cooking. It, it's totally different. You've got to be very gentle. You've got to think about, uh, about I guess, the fluence, the power. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to also figure out the, you know, like we discussed, the best way to sun protect um, the patient. And most often with melasma, we, we give patients uh, topicals as well to reduce pigment output. Tell me, uh, you know, you said that you've had um, the Lutronic Hollywood laser uh, device in your practice for, hmm. what, 10, 15 years, which yes, is... reiterations of that, yeah. Yeah. And how has it helped you in your uh, clinical practice? You know, what does it work alongside with? How, you know, how do you work it into, um, you know, we've talked before that one of the things that you are fastidious about is doing a proper consultation and taking your patients on a journey and and explaining to them that they don't get celebrity skin in one treatment or with one um, cosmetic uh, enhancement yeah. Yeah. Uh, program. So how does 
the this Lutronic Hollywood laser fit into your clinic and what does it kind of help you do and do more of? Yep. So I guess with any device, yeah, um, I guess when, when if you're starting off, um, I think this is one of the good devices that, that you, you can invest in. So when you ask me about that question, how does it fit in? I guess if you're just starting out, it's one device that can do multiple things. So we talk. So about you mean if you're ju- if you're a clinic that doesn't have multiple devices, it's yep. a great all rounder, right? Yep. Okay. It's a great all rounder. The reason being is that it can treat all skin types, like we mentioned, skin type one all the way up to skin type five. So the only the only I guess patients that we don't use a lot of it on is, but we do because that that's you know we know how to use it. Even darker skin type, we're talking about African skin, super safe on that, providing you it know. It is safe energy. on African dark. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So we, we use that laser to actually, you know, when you look at um, races they they often the, the patients who are really dark they often have more than just one area of darkness so they usually have about four shades yes so they have I'll, discoloration yeah, like a yeah. lot of my indian friends for example i mean the one thing they ask me and i'm so excited how to, to get more this even, episode yeah yes. how to get more even skin color yeah yeah so part of it, a lot, a lot of it is is genetic. So when patients come in, they go, look, you know, you look at your aunties, uncles, mother, father, what do they look like? Oh, yeah, they've got, and, and sometimes they don't realize it. And they go, take a really good look. And they take a really good look and they realize that um, there's, there's more than just one shade of, of um, pigment. So it's often three or four shades. So in that situation, we use the laser in a very low setting, low fluence, we call it, and try to blend it in. And we're pretty successful. We can decrease the shades from, you know, four shades lighter or darker. To, to more even um, uh, skin tone. So that's the first thing is, is when you when you want to invest in a laser, the first thing you also understand is can it treat a lot of skin types? If the answer yes. is yes, you're probably more, you know, a better business model compared to having a laser which just treats, you know, two or three skin types. So I'm going to ask you, I, I guess what I want to know is, you know, what do your patients say and what kind of patients are you recommending this to? You know, is it... Young people who uh, are, are driven by social media trends, you know, glass skin, dolphin skin. Um, I've never heard dolphin skin before. Yeah, but yeah, oh, dolphin skin. Next, dolphin next skin time I'm underwater, I think in two months' time, I'll check out a dolphin. Well, yeah. dolphin skin is really shiny and kind of quite glassy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, you know, is it suitable for, for that young already good skin but really wants to have that beautiful flawless polish and then we're talking about skin that's probably had a bit more damage dna damage sun damage uh, lifestyle damage um and you said you know it takes 10 you recommend a course of 10 treatments is that over a year yeah yep that would be over a year yeah, they'll, they'll be over you. But but the thing is that usually I break up the treatments into you know five and five. So five for the first six months and then five for the next six months. So to answer your question is yes, it's a very good laser for those who are after that final. I call it icing, icing on the cake. Yes. So people have got really good skin to begin with, you know, but like in their twenties or early thirties, and literally there's hardly any um, pigment, but they want that glass skin. And the only thing that you can pick on is probably maybe some pores that you can shrink. But it goes far more complex than that. Laser is far more complex than that. Sometimes you can't really explain or can't really show on the photograph what luminosity is or glowing skin. Yes. We know, we know glowing skin is more than just having, you know, um, uh, less pigment. We, we, we know that the, the balance of light off certain areas, for example, your cheek, you know, even, you know, when you take a sidestep where, where 
the luminosity of skin can be improved with dermal fillers, yeah? So that way we understand that luminosity and glowing skin goes far more than what we can capture using our cameras or, or, or video. Because I always think, I always think that even toned skin that is like, it's got that rich bitch energy, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you never see, uh, you know, a beautifully groomed woman or man with splotchy skin. And yeah. so for me, exactly what you said, it's the icing on the cake. It's that finishing touch that makes you look so polished and together. And I think eliminating open pores, like, you know, when you use a makeup or a blurring uh, powder or something to even out, you know, open pores, instantly you just look so much better put together. So I, I'm super excited about this. And I think men would be because open pores is one of the first thing that men complain about, right? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So so when you ask me about this question, yes, it can, it can treat that. It can treat actual pathology. So actual pathology, when I mean pathology, medical conditions, so I class melasma, chloresma, um, you know, mask of pregnancy, that's all medical. Mm-hmm. So you can you can treat patients with, you know, significant medical problems. You can treat patients cosmetically. And the other extreme is that you can treat, not that I'll ever remove my ink, but then you can treat tattoos with it as well. You can. Yes, yes. It's a Q-switch laser. So it's a really good laser to treat tattoos. Oh my God, I want one for the house. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever I hear about a device that I get super excited about, I think. But actually, that leads me to a question. Do you need a doctor in your practice? Are you the only person who administers the treatment or can a dermal um, therapist? Dermal therapist. Dermal therapist in this. Look, I think <laughs> I always tell patients this. And look, the dermal therapists are really, really great at their job. They've got finesse, they've got patience, they've studied many years. So I think when I look at my top, I guess, um, nurses, there are a lot of them on the top three. They started off as dermal therapists to begin with. And then from there, they did their nursing. So I think um, it's a treatment where the learning curve is steep to begin with, but you will. Ex- the providers will accelerate very quickly. Can you use it, um, you know, in sensitive areas? Can it work for pigmentation under the eyes? Can it work for other areas of the, you know, does it have approval um, to be used on the body? Because pigmentation comes everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, it's funny you should say that because one of the most common conditions, dark circles, yeah, so dark circles under the eyes, yeah. So we know a lot of that's genetically driven um, and and a lot of the ethnics have that. So the answer to your question is that this is probably, you know, I pick the um, spectra way ahead of the Pico in the context of uh, dark circles because it actually decreases the pigment production. So when you look at pigmentation under your eyes, dark circles, it can be be vascular, it can be pigment, it can be uh, shadowing, it can be a mix of all three. So this one does really well to reduce the pigment at a cost-effective price as well. Because when you're using high-powered lasers, for example, Pico lasers, and if you overcook that area, you may increase, um, you know, basically uh, petechia, in other words, uh, purpura, uh, bruising, and that can actually make things worse. So it's very important to use a a laser that has uh, a good amount of power, but not too much, but once again, consistent power delivery. So say I, I've come in for my first, second, third, fourth treatment. What happens when I go home? Is there any swelling? Is there any peeling? No. How do I know it's working? Yeah. So the, the answer to that is that when, you, when you're treating things like melasma, you cannot overcook it. You've told that story as well where, you know, you have a laser, which is a little bit too harsh, and you're basically paying how many years of, of pigment from that? Ten years. So, 
Yeah, 10 years. So, so you know the importance of you know, both diagnosis, but also accurate treatments. Uh, so to answer your question is that when you're using it in the uh, spectra setting, the Hollywood spectra setting, when you're using it in the dermal toning setting, when you're reducing enlarged pores, when you're treating fine lines, when you're treating pigment, zero downtime. Because it, it's, it's a different concept compared to blowing pigment up. This one slows your pigment. So when you slow your pigment, we know that, for example, pigment that sits at the bottom of your skin, it takes between 21 to 28 days before that pigment goes up and then it gets exfoliated. So you don't see the results straight away. The results must take at least three weeks before you see. So what about people who, who are having filler or biostimulators or, um, you know, a treatment to uh, relax muscles? Can you also use... Um, this laser treatment in between or as an adjunct to for that luminosity and skin toning and and skin laxity as well yep absolutely so i guess remember that there's two things one is whether it can add to that treatment itself so something like you know a hyaluronic acid filler or a new biostimulatory filler which changes the quality of skin this adds to that as well so you yeah. can use it in conjunction you can do it in conjunction and in fact it's, it's a funny it's a funny question because I was asked this a lot, I think in 2014. And when you look at the literature, we always think, oh, you know, what's the evidence that shows that laser does not melt fillers or degrade fillers or, or, um, or have an interaction? So in the end, my group and I published something in 2017 in regards to that. So bottom line, absolutely safe. That's so good to know because obviously I like everything and a lot of people that listen to this show, uh, you know, are looking for things to supplement and complement what we're already doing. Um, one of the things that I love about your social media platforms and, you know, I listen, I write and I, and you influence me all the time. In fact, I recently went um, on vacation to Thailand and you influenced me to uh, get the messy aesthetic SPF 50. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. you said Line it was more expensive, but my goodness, what that was a good one. So I followed your advice <laughs> and I went and got some and it was wonderful because it's tinted too. So I felt yep. great. And funnily enough, it was the first sunny vacation I've ever had in my life where I didn't come back with pigment issues. So thank you. Very good. Very but good. Um, <laughs> I took other precautions as well that I've learned from you. And I would love for you to share, because let's round out this conversation. Mm -hmm. What are some other things that we really need to be aware of when it comes to pigmentation? And what are some of the things that we can do topically from a lifestyle perspective, from what we eat? Because we've talked about melasma and pigmentation being triggered by more than just the sun. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'll, I'll reference a couple of research papers. So the first thing, you know, the first thing, and, and I tell this day in, day out to my, to my patients, sunscreen you can't overlook sunscreen sunscreen just by sunscreen alone up to 50 percent of pigment can fade significantly with adequate use of sunscreen so in my consultation my consultation is often about 20 25 sometimes 30 minutes the most amount of time by far i take is to understand the patient's photo protection and and that sometimes it, it takes a you know you're asking about when they first wake up, do they go for walks? Do they wear hats? Do they wear sunscreen? What kind of sunscreen they, they use? Uh, when they go for a drive, drop the kids off. Um, you know, how long is the drive? Do they use sunscreen? Is the car tinted? Uh, trying to understand that that person, yeah. Isn't also, that funny? Because we all think we're doing such a good job, but you're right. It's the sneaky amount of time. Or if you're sitting next to a window, I know during lockdown, yep, yep. I 
moved out of working in an office and sitting yes. by a window. So yes, I uh, noticed uh, my yeah. chest. Definitely. Yeah, so I call that collateral collateral um, uh, sun exposure. It's not sun seeking behavior. It's very different. Um, that's just collateral. And when you add, so I add it, actually add it up, and then I add it up. So every day I add. So Monday to Friday you do this. Okay, cool. You got an hour and a half. Multiply that by five. You add two hours um, over the weekends because you're going to the park. You're doing just normal stuff. So you'll be surprised because a lot of patients they're they're. Uh, collateral damage, your collateral UV is really great between five to 10 hours a week. Mm. And, and you've got to get that out of the patient because no matter how good your laser systems, no matter how good your prescriptions are, you're going to get nowhere um, if, if, you, if you're getting five to 10 hours of collateral UV. So by far, you know, by far half the uh, consult is, is understanding the level of photoprotection. And do you always tell your patients that it's SPF 50 or nothing? Yeah, yeah, and, and the reason being is is um you know everyone under applies sunscreen. So remember, an SPF fifty is measured at um, two milligrams per centimeter squared, right? So basically, it's like five mils head head and neck, uh, face and neck. So when, when you add all that up, five mils twice, five mils twice a week, uh, twice a day, that's ten mils a day. When you look at the bottle of sunscreen, that's um, that's fifty mils. So literally, that sunscreen should be out in five days or less than a week. But no one uses it that way. Even if you're really good with sunscreen, you know it'll take you at least two, most most often three weeks, um, to to go through that bottle. Sometimes I think you're right because, like, for the you know sunscreens that we buy to take to the beach, we buy you know one liter big tubs, yeah. And but for the one that we use every day, yep. which is probably couple as of you drops. were saying, where yeah. we get the most sun, we're like measuring it out and like dabbing it on different parts of our face. And what about sunscreen and makeups? Is that just a waste of time. I think it, so. It depends. Um, it, we we often say it's better than nothing at all. So I mean that that's the first thing, and and they often uh, much less uh, sun protection factor compared to standalone sunscreens. So I think if you if you're looking to I guess reduce photo damage, then certainly that could be adequate. But if you're trying to treat pigment, you got no chance. <laughs> And does the Lutronic Hollywood laser treatment, does it make you more sunset, uh, photosensitive? Do you have no, to be extra no. careful? No, but but what it does is, look, if you're, we always say melasma is, you know, when you look at the ideology behind that, um, you know, sun is by far the most contributing factor. So, and once again, it's not it's not about telling patients not to go out in the sun because that's just, especially in Queensland, yeah, it's just, it just can't be done. And it's not practical and you've got to live life. So I come up with solutions. Like I say, the consult is hard because I've got to come up with solutions for them, not just go, oh, you know, you've got like five hours of, of um, collateral damage. I've got to actually come up with something that's plausible, something which patients will adhere to, something that is cost effective as well, and something which they can form as a habit. So it's, it's um, you know, so on the back, on, on the question of photosensitivity and side effects, the answer is no. Good. Okay. Well, so far there's no downtime. There's no swelling. Does it hurt? No. <laughs> so I'm very sensitive. No, honestly, it does not hurt at all. It literally, on the scale from from one to ten, it is probably a one or one and a half. If someone did that to you on in your sleep, um, you probably wouldn't wake up. So it is that painless. I told you, I want one of these devices. That, <laughs> it, but but you know what? Going back to that whole thing. Consumers are really confused and I'm really trying with Ageless to bring them expert advice, you know, not influencer advice, not my mum told me advice, but expert advice. And for me, 
that's why I keep coming back to you because you are such an expert and I trust you and I know that you actually care on your social media. You know, you're not educating the people that are coming to your Brisbane clinic. You're educating hundreds and thousands of your followers on on the things that they can and should should be doing. Mm. Um, before we sign off, are there any contraindications? Are there any, is there anyone who can't have it, you know, if, during pregnancy or if you have rosacea or if you have, if you're taking certain medication or have a certain disease? Yep. So to answer your question is that I think, look, in the context of pregnancy and lactation, lactation is no problem. Pregnancy, the way I look at it, it's such a benign laser. And we know that laser, the penetration of that, we're not treating over the abdomen. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. The, the, the flip side, however, is that if you have hormonal drive for the pigment, you're basically, um, you know, you're pushing the proverbial uphill because, you know, you've got, you've got that, that procedure to decrease the pigment, but your hormonal drive is a lot more. So I counsel my patients in that situation, they probably should be on the topical. It's more cost-effective. Yes. And then um, a postpartum, they can certainly um, um, start, start on the laser program. So that's one, you know, we talked about pregnancy lactation. The other thing, when you talk about medications, yes, there are some medications, for example, you know, with arthritis that they do treat patients with gold, for example, chrysiasis. Um, so those are very rare contraindications. There's no contraindications for stuff like Accutane now that's been revised since 2016. So um, in that context, the contraindications are very, very small. Right. What about and, if I'm using retinols and vitamin Cs and fine. you know a million other serums, which you know you tend yeah. to, to no, do? It, it's fine. And the reason, the scientific reason behind that is the action spectrum. In other words, the spectrum that which activates a, a chemical reaction um, with you know phototoxicity, photosensitivity with vitamin A is usually in the UVA spectrum in in um, in 405. So it's in the UVA to uh, visible light uh, spectrum, the blue light spectrum. So it doesn't it doesn't cross into the uh, laser spectrum. Can I ask you, does UV light um, create pigmentation? And uh, oh, sorry, blue light. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. So the answer is yes. Um, it does for a different ethnic skin type. So that's why you know it's funny. I had that that conversation with uh, Michelle Wong today about about um, pigment sunscreens because we know that in uh, darker skin types, so. Asians especially, um, we have a receptor there on the melanocyte, um, which, which is called the OPSN receptor. And that receptor is very sensitive to blue light. So when you look at sunscreens, they often have UVB, UVA, that's it. Yeah, they're very, all of them have UVB. Some of them have good UVA coverage, but we're missing on uh, visible light coverage. That's so that's where, tinted, yeah, that's where tinted sunscreens come in. So, um, so I think, you know, when it comes to visible light, I was just under an LED today. Yeah. So literally before, before this podcast, I, I put, because I had laser resurfacing because I got my brother's wedding to go to and I overcooked it a bit last week. So I'm trying to recover from the laser resurfacing, stick myself in the, uh, in the, in the yellow light and red light. And then my, uh, <laughs> my therapist asked me, Dabin, do you want blue? And they go, no, I'm Asian. I can't have blue because when you have blue light, in, in ethnic skin types, the blue light stimulates pigment. Amazing. See, all the things we don't know and we need you on the show to <laughs> tell us. Um, going back to um, some of the things that the Lutronic Hollywood laser peel yep. can do, um, do you, would you always have it as an all-over face or 
a whole area treatment or can you have spot treatment? Say, for example, you have pigmentation post-pregnancy and you still have, you know, some pregnancy mask left or you have a lot of people have top lip um, pigmentation or they, uh, you know, I I know after my uh, daughter was born, I used to have a huge blotch of pigmentation right here on my forehead. We even gave it a name. It looked like the island of Molokini in Hawaii. (laughs) So I had, I called it my Molokini. So um, can you do it in spot treatments or do you always recommend having a full face treatment or a full neck and neck treatment or wherever else you're treating? Yeah, so my nurses therapists are very good with that. So they can make that call. Uh, often, for example, in areas like you say where it's focal, maybe at your upper lip or whether, like you say, centrofacial, they would do more passes there. So they might do six uh-huh. to eight passes. And then other areas, they might only do two. So they, they know how to customise it for each patient. And especially when you're doing multiple shades, when you're looking at ethnic skin types where, you know, your darkest skin type five, skin type six, uh, they can, they're so talented, they can actually uh, <laughs> blend it in very well. So, so I think it's the experience of your therapist um, or, or your nurse. That's what um, I was asking, yeah. like who should do it? You know, is there a lot of training that goes with it, you know, is before you're actually able to use the device? I think the basic science behind that, you can pick it up very quickly, but the finesse, like everything else, you've got to treat, you know, hundreds of patients to get just that, that five, 10% finesse. And that's why I guess I'm very proud of my nurses and my, my therapists because they, you know, they, they put the work in and they understand the patient's um, skin type, understand the laser, understand what clinical endpoints are. So the answer to your question, easy to pick up, but I think that finesse probably takes years to, to understand. Um, is it suitable for larger areas? So a lot of people have, who've had, we've talked about this before, back acne will have a lot of pigmentation and scarring or, you know, uh, the neck and deck area or any other area where you've got um, a larger area to treat. Is it suitable for large areas or would you have to do it in sections? We often, so for, 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 I guess, a blood area like the back, we often give the patients um, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Yeah, because, so it's just a matter of booking it, in. Just a matter of time, months. yeah. But it's not uncomfortable, as you were no. saying, so you can no. you can withstand it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to ask one other cheeky question, if I may, because I get a lot of emails about this. What about intimate areas? Ah, intimate areas. If you want to decrease, uh, I guess, the pigmentation, that, that's a good one. So I think is it is it um, okay? I mean, has it been approved for treatment of intimate areas? This particular yeah. so, laser. So, so the answer to your question is that there's no specific FDA or TGA uh, approval for that. Yeah. So it's got approval for things, for for example, like melasma. But when you, it, it makes sense. We don't do much of the intimate area treatments, but it makes sense because those areas are very prone to um, occlusion, right? So when you're using creams, they're very sensitive areas. So when you're trying to decrease pigment in those areas, when you try to use your, your topicals, it, you can often have a paradoxical effect because right. the topicals cause irritation, irritation causes post-inflammatory pigmentation. So the answer to your question is that I think it's certainly safe in those areas. I don't know the data to, to represent how effective it is. Yeah, it's just a question that I have because I get asked that oh, no, fair, all the time. Fair, fair, fair I get asked for it on creams, on facials, <laughs> on treatments. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on the podcast or in the magazine. I'm talking yeah. about, and the first thing that someone says is, "Can I use it in intimate areas?" And I said, "Okay, I'll ask the doctor. I'll find out." 
<laughs> it makes sense, but I think it, it's it, if you, if the biggest hint I could give you guys: creams go really, really slowly. So what you think the concentration is, you halve it or you quarter it, and then gradually work from there. Because we see so many burns secondary to uh, to creams. Do you know what? I cannot thank you enough. I really needed a laser education. I'm super excited to put my hand up and say, I want to try this laser <laughs> because I've actually backed off from laser. Um, I'm, I'm quite nervous about it since I had that, um, you know, procedure yeah, incident, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm super curious to try it because, as you said, it is the finishing touch. So for someone like me who's, you know, an enthusiast, let's say um i'm always looking for something new but i can i um can teenagers have this treatment absolutely you, yeah. 100%, yeah absolutely great well when my daughter's a little bit older i might take her to <laughs> she's always asking what she can do for for her skin as well i, so. I hope it's not it's not for tattoo removal for your daughter though not yet no not yet <laughs> not yet no <laughs> We're so good to speak to you. I love speaking to you. Um, I will have all the links to your clinic at the end of this podcast and uh, any questions that anyone has about the um, Neutronic Hollywood laser, they can also email us. But, yeah, this was a good one. I love learning more about technology. So uh, this was one of my favourites. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Okay. Bye for now, guys. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that.